0: Welcome to this late hour, a look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. The time has finally come. We're going into the book of Revelation. Yes, we're doing it. And when I say we, I mean we, for I am not alone today. I'm actually with Yes, my wife, Mandy, is joining me today on the podcast. Hello. Hi. So my favorite person is joining me, and we're going to be talking about something very important today. We're going to be talking about not only Revelation 6, but also the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, a bunch of that, where Jesus is asked about the end by his disciples, and he gives an answer concerning... The destruction of the temple, but also going into what we believe is in alignment with what is talked about in Revelation and even in parts of Daniel, which we won't get into today. Because there's just too many things. But we did want to get here because here's the challenge with prophecy. As we're approaching the scriptures, we want to have a proper exegesis. I've talked about this before, where we're not bringing our own interpretation into the text or trying to have it kind of say what we think it says because we hold to some preconceived idea. We want to just let the text speak for itself and then compare it to other places within itself. So we're comparing the Bible to itself and making sure we have the best sort of uh, interpretation we can get. But with prophecy, a lot of it is some things that have not happened yet. So we're, you know, and we're called to be watchful. So there's this idea of we're looking, we're seeing things. And we're, you know, we're making observations and, and we're making judgments about it. So it's we're, we're walking this kind of weird place in the middle where we don't want to bring in our own interpretation, but we also want to watch what's going on. So this is the tension we're in right now. Right?
1: That's right. And um, there, there might be a question of, well, why are we talking about Revelation now? Like, you know... People have been talking about Revelation for a long time. Oh, the end is near. You know, you get those crazy people that are all you know. They're they're always seeing prophecy everywhere. So, like, what's what's the deal? Why would we say, well, now we would turn to the Book of Revelation?
0: Some people might say we're a little crazy too. Just to be fair,
1: well, they'd probably be right about that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, why why would we why would we say that? We're why we,
0: why are we saying? We need to be paying attention to it now. Why? Right? What's the difference between now and every other time? Of course, that's what I've been dealing with these two, first two seasons so far. And one of the main issues is uh, what is stated in Matthew twenty four fourteen, I believe. Uh, this is what Douglas Cobb talked about in the episode I did with him. You would be uh, well advised to go back and listen to that. I think it's the second episode of this season. But that Jesus states... The gospel of the kingdom shall go out to every nation, and then the end shall come. Now, based on every metric we understand from the missionary community, what you know, and there were kind of three different points of, uh, of an ending, uh, end point, we should say, given. Uh, this is something that Rick Warren had put out some, some number of years ago, but basically saying, okay, have we reached every unreached group with the gospel and seen some conversions? Do we have the Bible translated in some fashion, to some degree, in every language? And is there a church in every uh, place in the world, to, in some degree? So these are kind of the, the, the metrics that the, the missionary community uses. And so all three of those are extraordinarily close. The first, you know, having conversions, people uh, converted from every tribe, tongue, and la- uh, nation, Uh, you know, throughout the earth, that is that goal post is very close. And I think the last time I heard an update from Doug Cobb, you know, we were just, we were in the very, just barely over 100. You know, maybe 115, something like that. I mean, a lot of them were...
1: 115 what?
0: uh, Unreached groups.
1: Oh, that are left? That are left. Oh, nice.
0: And so a bunch were in China... And somewhere in Brazil, and some other places as well. But China's tricky, of course, for many reasons. I don't need to really explain. But so we know that's close. We know the Bible translations are close. Uh, I don't know exactly how close, but it was in the next several years they had hoped to have, you know, some Bible translated in every language for every people group. And then of course the church, you know, having churches in all the areas—that's a little, a little harder to. To measure, but uh, my understanding is some of the big church planting ministries, um, you know, were um, coming to uh, kind of a precipice of, of massive um, church plants uh, sprouting up throughout the world. So anyway, however you want to look at it, we are close if we're looking at that statement literally and, and taking Jesus of this word. to I mean, okay, once we're at that point, that's when the end begins. And so that's why we're talking about it now, because that's what is being talked about in the missionary community and among many other Christian uh, teachers and authors. In fact, the book I recommended, uh, one of the last podcasts from John Eldridge, uh, Resilient, I believe it's called, or Resilient, something like that. Uh, He notes in there as well, he is in agreement that he thinks we're in the, the time of the Ten Bridesmaids, which is Matthew 25, where they're all out you know, waiting for the bride to come and, and have their lamps lit. And there's the, the ones who were wise and had enough oil and the ones that were foolish and were left behind because they missed his coming.
1: Yep. So our closeness to the the fulfillment of the great Commission should prompt us to be watching for the signs of the end of the age. So I'm not looking for them like a crazy person, but I'm looking for them like the 10 versions would be, you know, right. I'm, I'm being watchful and, uh, no offense to people, maybe in the past who were like, "Oh, the end is near." I mean, the disciples said the end was near. The, mm-hmm. the end has been near for a while. Right. Um, so, like, you know, maybe they were in the last days. Maybe we we're in the last seconds, as yeah. as other people have said. Yeah. But um, you know, there's there's reason to be watching for it now. Um, but when we get to Revelation, um, I've I've always kind of thought, well, Revelation is just too too difficult or mysterious for us to understand, um, you know, leaving,
0: leaving. It's one of the reasons I've avoided talking about it a lot because I don't want to get it wrong, but we have to look at it because that's what we're called to do, right?
1: (laughs) Yep. Um, and, uh, our pastor actually talked about, uh, the beginning of Revelation, um, back on Easter Sunday, and it's his fault (laughs) that I started looking more, um, into Revelation. If I if if you've got your Bible out, um, if you could look at Revelation uh, chapter one verses one through three, we'll read it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the scriptures quite a bit this episode, just comparing a lot of stuff from Revelation to Matthew, and just going through many of these points, and then also making observations about things we see going on in the world.
1: Yep. So this would be a good time to get your Bible.
0: So. Revelation 1, 1 through 3, this is what it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants, the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw, lest is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near.
1: That's pointing out that not only are we we blessed if we hear it and read it, but if we take it to heart. Or what did your what did your version say?
0: Uh, we heed the things. H e e d. We heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near.
1: Right. So there's a there's a blessing in store for us if we are are taking those, taking those to heart or to heat heating the, the message that's there. So um, we're supposed to try to read and understand it. It's, it's not, it's not just supposed to be mysterious and, and left, left for just the experts alone.
0: Yes. I think we have outsourced a lot of our understanding and view of revelation and prophecy to what we call the quote unquote experts. Now, of course there are going to be experts in their fields, which uh, we should, you know, be very thankful for. People have given, you know, many hours and many days laboring, understanding different texts and scriptures and interpretation methods. Of course, we don't want to make light of that. But Mandy's point here is that all of us are meant to read this and take heed. And it was given to the church, not to the experts.
1: Right. Um, Something I noticed... Um, in Matthew twenty four forty two, and then again in Matthew twenty five thirteen, um, Jesus commands us. He says, "Therefore, keep watch." Um, but it's a command for all the people who hear him. Um, he did not say, "Now go and designate the smartest people to keep watch and check in with them from time to time."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, <laughs> he didn't mm-hmm. say that.
0: Yeah, this is like my first episode from season one. The entire emphasis of that episode was watching and waiting yeah the two things were called to do and to do well
1: right so um we we should all be keeping that keeping watch like that and that means that the material that was recorded in the bible should be able to be understood by ordinary people through the power of the holy spirit and of course some good studious effort on our part I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that I'm just going to read Revelation or read another passage and be like, "Oh, I understand it immediately." I might have to work at it, but it doesn't mean that I can't understand it. I can understand it. I just, I'm, you know, I might need to work at it a little bit.
0: Yeah, we're definitely no experts, but one thing I can say is we talk about this stuff all the time because every time we turn around, we see something and goes, "Man, if it's not the end, then why not?" That's really bad because. Every news article, every crazy thing that's going on in the world, every time we turn around, there's something. And so much of it has been reminding us of a lot of the stuff in Revelation 6, which is one of the reasons we wanted to go there because, well, we have some thoughts about it.
1: Right. So many people have different opinions about Revelation. Um,
0: No. no Yeah, no. No no one has a different opinion about (laughs) Revelation. We're all, all on the same page in the church about Revelation.
1: Right. Totally.
0: Totally.
1: Um, But uh, my question was when I was um, going through this a couple months ago was what would happen if I just set my assumptions aside and just read the text for what it said? What conclusion would I maybe come to? Hmm. So for all of you, let's see if we could do the same. Let's just read the text for what it says and see what observations come out. And we want to we want to see how uh, Matthew twenty four and Revelation six are related because there's some cool stuff there.
0: Yeah, David and I talked about this in a bonus episode that um, part of it was released during season one, and just some of the frustration I had because everyone wants to always tie these two things together, and I think there's good reason for that because they seem to be talking about the same thing, and uh, we're going to talk about why uh, as we get into it.
1: In Matthew twenty four. The disciples are asking Jesus three separate questions. They're asking him, um, when will the temple be destroyed? Because he was was just talking about that. They were walking around, and they were like, hey, look at the buildings, Jesus. And he's like, oh, hey, these are all going to be thrown down and destroyed. And not
0: one stone will be left on another. And, of course, if you go to Jerusalem... There is, the only thing that's left is the foundation wall. None of the actual temple is left. It's been all totally decimated.
1: Right. So, so anyway, but they were like, hey, look at the fancy buildings. And Jesus says to them, they're like, what? So anyway, so they're asking, when will the temple be destroyed? Because they wanted some clarity on that. And then what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? Because it's my understanding that in their mind, that was all three going to happen at the same time. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, not not quite, guys. <laughs> um, but I could understand why they would think that.
0: Well, let me And let me clarify this, that, you know, because this is one of the kind of arguments. Well, the disciples thought it was the end, and they, it wasn't, so we don't want to be like them. And yeah, I need to, to clarify something, you know, and this is something I've already talked about in, in prior episodes. We are in the last days, and we've been in the last days since the disciples' time. And this is all headed toward a conclusion. So they weren't wrong. They didn't understand how long it was going to be. That's why he always says, you don't know the day or hour. It's not for you to know the epics or times and, and, and so forth. Not because we're not meant to watch and look for the signs. That otherwise, we wouldn't have Matthew 24 and we wouldn't have Revelation. It's because if he gave us a day, we'd all just obsess about it. <laughs> and, uh, and we uh, wouldn't do anything that, until that, it that's got right. here. Well, we just all, oh, he's coming on this day. We're all waiting till that day comes. And we would be like the unfaithful servant in the parable of the talents where he buries it in the ground and gives it back and he says you wicked and unfaithful servant because he didn't invest it so you know we're meant to be at work for the for the kingdom we're also meant to be watching for his coming which is something he commands us to do as we already mentioned
1: um Jesus of course gives the disciples a long answer um and
0: we're... regarding the temple being destroyed and... the sign of his coming yep. and the end of the age
1: yep and we will read part of it So um, you want to go ahead and read Matthew 24, verses 3 through 14?
0: Uh, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation, and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time many will fall away, and will betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise, and will mislead many, because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come.
1: So that's part of his answer. And then in verses 15 through 28, we're, we're not going to read the entire thing. Um, he refers to many other terrible things. Um, some of them re- seem like they refer to the destruction of the temple. Others seem like they might be about to the end of of the age, and some parts may refer to both events.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about this on the podcast previously. Right. David and I talk about patterns that we've seen throughout history with the abomination of desolation. That's what he's talking about there.
1: Right. So really, we're just reading this to set up Revelation 6 and and the connections here. Yes. So um, can you read uh, verses 29 and
0: 31? All right. If we jump over to 29 through 31, here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Now, that would be what many would call the rapture when Christ gathers the believers, the faithful, the elect to himself. So we all get, you know, beamed up, if you will, up into the sky, ascend as he did.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so there seems to be um, what what most people, you know, that have been in church for a while would think of, you know, there's these wars and wars of wars, there's terrible things going on. La di da di da, there's a big earthquake, and then you know, we get we get taken up. Great, we get out of here. Fantastic. Um, but what I noticed is that this passage, um, this the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give us light, that whole section right there, um, sounds very familiar. And um if you're familiar with Revelation Six, that will sound exactly like what's there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's found there. Mm-hmm. So um, so now that we've read this and, and reminded us all of, of what's here, maybe we could go over to Revelation 6 and, and see what's over there and then talk about some current event stuff. So for, in Revelation 6, if, we, if we're getting there, the context of this is you have chapter 1 of Revelation, where, which explains that John is receiving a vision from Jesus chapters two through three are the letters to the churches in chapter four John has a vision of the throne of heaven and God is there and he's surrounded by 24 elders and the living creatures but no one else is there so it's just a vision of God and, and these other heavenly beings but nobody else is, is there in heaven mm-hmm. um, and then in chapter five there's a scroll with seven seals. It's the same scroll that sh- shows up in chapter 6.
0: This is where many scholars and experts would say, okay, this is the beginning of the tribulation. Yeah. Which, like, the the beginning of the end, the beginning of the sorrows, the beginning of all the bad things.
1: Yep. Yeah. So in chapter 5, there's this scroll that that is there, and it has seven seals on it. Now, my wonderful study Bible informed me that um, seven, seven seals means that it, Hang on, let me read it. In my study Bible, it says the scroll being sealed with seven seals meant that it indicated it was it had absolute
0: A Violability, inviolability, <laughs> like violate, inviolability.
1: It couldn't be changed.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> it means it couldn't be changed. So, um, it when it was so, my study Bible says that when it was sealed with seven seals. That meant that it absolutely could not be changed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was the significance of of it of it having seven seals, and it gave some other examples in the Bible of when that kind of thing was used. So I'm relying on an expert for that one. Yay! <laughs> um, anyway. Um, in chapter five, the scroll shows up with the seven seals. Um, the chapter five says no one on in heaven, on earth, or under the earth is found that it, who is worthy to open it until Jesus comes, mm-hmm. um, because of his sacrifice that he is worthy to open the scroll. Um, of course, because you know of his uh, sacrificial death for for our sins and 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 all of that
0: and conquering the grave. Yep.
1: Then he's he's worthy to open open the scroll. Um, I've heard some people say this is the title lead to the earth. Other people saying this is just the the directions for for judgment. Whatever it, the 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 Bible doesn't explain what the what it, the scroll is. It just all we know that when the scroll is opened, that's when all of the judgment and things begin. All the really terrible things happen. Hmm. So, um, opening the scroll is a big deal. At this time, in addition to the elders, um, the living creatures and God, thousands and thousands of angels are also present in heaven, but no one else is there. That's still really important. Mm -hmm. So, then we get to um, Revelation 6 itself.
0: And the reason we're diving into this specifically, well, one... All the stuff here in Revelation 6, we believe, correlates with what we just read to you from Matthew 24 when Jesus was speaking to his disciples. But secondly, we're convinced we may be entering, or about to enter, the period of the seven seals. I know that's like, well, wait a minute, that can't be. Well, maybe not, but maybe so, and we're going to tell you why.
1: Yep, just... If, if you've always heard about you know we, we're gonna have a pre-trib rapture, which is what I had always really thought would be the case, Just just hang on, just hang with us for a little bit um, and see what you think here at the end. We'd be We'd be interested to hear what you think. And so we'll we'll go ahead and read the whole thing and then we'll come back and make some observations about the text.
0: Right. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, it might be worth reading along and this is an ESV translation actually no this is an nasb excuse me this is the 95 nasb revelation 6 then i saw when a lamb broke one of the seven seals and i heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder come i looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer when he broke the second seal i heard the second living creature saying come and another a red horse went out And to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and the men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. When he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard something like the voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come! I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar of souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Then the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks and the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand?
1: First, I want to point out the similarity that's there between Matthew 24 and Revelation 6. When it says in verse 14 of Revelation 6, The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place and it's talking about this earthquake that's like the exact same wording that it's using in Matthew 24 exactly the same it's this thing. it also talks about in this in this chapter 6 here about the moon turning red the stars of the sky falling to the earth so it's it's this the same wording and in Matthew 24 what we see is Jesus says that you know the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light the stars will fall from the sky and then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and then he'll send his angels will send out this trumpet call and he'll gather his elect from the four winds so it what it seems like is that there's this earthquake event thing and then what what sounds like the rapture happens at Mm -hmm. least in matthew 24 Mm -hmm. well if you keep going after revelation 6 that chapter ends there chapter 7 is about the 144,000 being sealed
0: that's chapter 7
1: well it's a, it says that they're 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 sealed but then um it also in chapter 7 it says there's there's all these people in white robes that yep. show up yep. cha- all of a yep. sudden verse
0: 9 in chapter 7 says after these things after the sealing of all the the Jews who are to be saved I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb.
1: Yep, and a little farther down, it's uh, in in verse 13, or one of the elders is asking, Hey, you know, where'd these guys come from? And John's like, Well, hey, uh, sir, you, you know. And the elder answers him, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white before the blood of the lamb. So we're pointing this out. And we're because. In the previous chapters of Revelation, all that John is seeing in his vision is, you know, heavenly creatures in heaven. He's seeing the elders. He's seeing the living living creatures. creatures. He's seeing angels. And it mentions the prayers of the saints, but it doesn't. But no, no saints are there. It's pretty specific about that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the seals, and then um, after this sixth seal, then suddenly this great multitude shows up in sa- chapter seven in white robes, and it says they were taken out of the the great tribulation. And you go, wait, what? And then if I go back to Matthew twenty four. Mm-hmm. Where it's using that exact same um, language to describe what's going on with the sun being darkened, the moon will not give its light. it says at that time the sun the sign of the Son of man will appear in the sky and um, he will gather his elect from the four winds. to me that's that's sounding very much like the rapture and it's occurring in both matthew twenty four and revelation six in this in the same order
0: In the same place it's before. The seventh seal is open.
1: Yes. So this scroll that has seven seals and this and it's being slowly opened. And as it's being opened, there's these terrible things that are that are beginning to occur, which in Matthew twenty four, um, it's that's talking about, well, there's there's gonna be, you know, Famines and and all these things and it says there's gonna it's the beginning of the birth pangs.
0: Yeah So if I go back to that, let's go back to that. Really yep. Quick. go back to it. Matthew 24 4 This is when he's answering to them of all the things that are to come and these are what we believe are the first um, five seals You know, maybe the first four seals Okay, he says see to it that no one misleads you actually it'd be the first four because he gets on to persecution after this See to it no one must no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, "I am the Christ," and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Yep. So he's saying it's not the end yet. He's warning us these things are bad, but. It, we're not there yet. It's not the end yet.
1: Right. And that would make sense with what's happening in Revelation. And, and I would like to point out, too, like, Jesus was answering the disciples' question of, um, you know, what will be the sign of his coming? What will be the signs of the end of the age? But he wasn't giving them a complete revelation like he was to John. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't giving every single detail. Um, he was just giving them kind of a general outline. Um so we're not going to see every single detail in his answer in Matthew 24 but man do we see a lot of correlations there and it makes me go well wait a minute uh, this I I've always thought well I you know there'd be a, a pre-trib rapture before anything really happens I be- get yeah. I get to leave
0: yeah before the seals yep but, but it- what is the fifth seal persecution and what does jesus say in verse 9 of 24 then they will deliver you to tribulation and i know this is really upbeat here guys but just (laughs) just hang with us they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name at that time many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another many false prophets will rise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased most people's love will grow cold but the one who endures to the end he will be saved and then this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come to me. This signifies that, well, if if the persecution is the fifth seal, and there's been no disappearing of the people yet to meet the Lord in the clouds, and if, if these things are just the beginning of the birth pangs, the end is not yet, that means... Based on what we're reading, we're not zapped up before the seals start. At least that's how we're reading it, right?
1: Yeah, and the purpose of of really diving into that is because for a lot of Christians, there's this kind of like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't really need to be watchful. I don't really need to pay attention to current events. I don't really need to be prepared for hard times because, hmm. well, I'm just going to get raptured out of here anyway. Mm-hmm. And... I would wonder if that's really true, then why would why would Jesus bother to tell us all this stuff? you know
0: right. And he says, he who perseveres to the end will be saved. So I mean, and he's giving us these warnings. Why is he giving us these warnings if they don't apply to us as the church? I don't know. And, and another thing that, that's important here because we we're basically saying, okay, we don't see the multitude show up till after the sixth seal. And they get their white robes, and and then we get on with the seventh seal, and, and it goes on. And there's actually a lot more to Revelation after that. You know, it sounds like that's it, but then there's a lot more that happens with the Antichrist and all those things. But
1: so we get so so if if we are correct, we get out of the worst of it. Yes, but we get
0: and this and this is an important observation because we we talked about this in Doug Cobb's podcast that where God has these patterns uh, that we see throughout Scripture related to the number 7. We talked about the 7 days of creation and we talked about how we're coming up on 7000 years or 6000 years of the biblical history. Okay, you have 6 seals that as far as we can tell based on Matthew 24 and Revelation 6 that we're here for. And on the 7th, before the 7th, we are taken up. So we are we get to rest, we get to be taken away. And so that pattern fits what we've been already seeing. Throughout, just studying our eschatology here, and so it's still a pre-trib in a sense. I mean, because the end is not yet. That's what he says. You know, because after the seals, you go into two different other sets of, of, of judgments. You have trump the trumpets and the bowls, which are awful. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of similar to the plagues of Egypt and worse. So, um, but, yeah, I don't want to be here for those. No, no. Um, um,
1: and and I will say like. To clarify what I was saying earlier, God, God has recorded all of the end because there will be people who are left here later and are, you know, become Christians later. And it's it's a good guide for them to know what's going to happen. Right. So, but what I'm wondering is, you know, if if belie- as most believers or, or as many believers who are, you know, saved now, they're like, well, I don't need to worry about any of this. It's like, but there's this whole entire book here. Maybe we should pay attention to it because, you know, Jesus repeated more than one time that we needed to keep watch. And he's given us things to watch for. And perhaps it's because we will face some hard times and we need to, we need to do some things to, you know, be, prepared. be prepared for them. That's right. So let's let's look at what... What each one of these um, seals is, and maybe make some observations of things that we've been noticing. Let's yeah,
0: let's, yeah jump back around and remember, in, re- in relation to watching and waiting, you know, I think in this in Hebrews it also says that we will see the day approaching, <laughs> you know, and then and then Paul says in, uh, is it Timothy? or Philippians, uh, or Thessalonians. I think it's Thessalonians. It's
1: one of those books. I think it's Thessalonians. <laughs> well,
0: basically, he says, yeah, pick pick your book. But it's Paul, and he says, um, you know, the whole idea of, like, uh, you know, uh, I'll come like a thief in the night. But, you know, and those who are asleep will be taken off guard, but we are not asleep. We should know. Like, it won't catch us off guard because we're watching. We see the day approaching. We're like the, the bridesmaids with their lamps lit. So... That's that's the whole purpose of this podcast, because we're looking around going, I think the day's approaching, guys, and I'm not so sure we're going to get raptured out of here without having to, to suffer through this.
1: Yep, and we're not saying we know the exact day or the exact hour.
0: No one's saying but, that.
1: Nope, but we definitely think that we're noticing a season.
0: That's right, which is which is something that's being communicated in lots of circles of the Christian community, mm-hmm. and I think, I think you should, you know... Just take note of that. This is not just some pie in the sky, wild thing we're pulling out of our pocket. And I think most people, when they're being honest, will look around and go, yeah, it does kind of seem like we're getting near the end, given the amount of chaos and just reading my news feed or my Twitter posts. Wow, this mm-hmm. is not good.
1: Right. All right, so um, I'm I'm going to read out of out of mine. I uh, we have we have Bible translation division in our household. I use the NIV, but I use the o- old NIV. So um, I'm just going to read this paragraph in mine. Um,
0: just read there, it. There's no division. And it's just we uh, use different the, versions. The old NIV is fine. <laughs> so um, if it was the new one, we might have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some division.
1: Anyway, um, so back in Revelation six chapter, er, sorry, verse. Ah, it's verse one. Um, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. So the first rider is... A conqueror bent on conquest. And one thing that Casey and I have talked about before is that um, in this book, um, sometimes it's easy to get stuck on, well, it's a writer, so it's got to be one person. But really, it's a personification of the spirit going out. An event. So it doesn't have to be necessarily one person. It can be a group of people um, as well.
0: Yeah, and and, because I think one of the general sort of interpretations, oh, that's the Antichrist. Okay, I don't know that i agree with that. Maybe I could say a spirit of Antichrist because if we go back to Matthew 24 again, what's he say there as we, you know, in our text that we were reading from, he said, you know, if we were going to, to align these together and say, okay, this is comparing to the seals and to what he says there to his disciples. And he says, um, many will come, see to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. So, that to me doesn't sound like an antichrist, like as a one individual. Right. It sounds like multiple individuals who are, you know, s- speaking in a way that elevates them into a godlike position. You know, um, something yeah. like that.
1: Yep, it could be like that. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's interesting that this is a it says it's a conqueror bent on conquest. But it's not necessarily war. That's the other thing people, I think, mm-hmm. get stuck on in this one. Oh, well, it has to be a war, but that's not what it says. It just says conquest. There's many ways to take over things. I know that um, during the pandemic, we saw gov- crazy government overreach worldwide. You know?
0: What do you mean? That, <laughs> you can't be political on here. That's, that's... A government overreach. What do you
1: mean? <laughs> so, but like that's that's a form of conquest right there. And it involved no war whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we looked carefully around what's going on, we would see lots of governments um, and well, groups yes. Yes, and, uh, having conquest. And here's
0: another observation. The writer is given authority. Right. He's given a crown. He doesn't come with a crown. He's given it. It's given to him. Then he comes forth. He also has a bow. Now, there's no arrows, but, you know, I don't know if that's important, but we know a bow is not a weapon for close combat. This is something where you're firing from far away. So someone with authority uh, that is affecting things from a distance. Right. This has been in my trailers. This has been things I've mentioned many times. They are globalists. And the reason why we come back to globalists and, frankly, the World Economic Forum. Because they're crazy. Is I mean, because there's such a global aspect to this. And if we get down into Revelation later, way past the, the chapters we're in here, later toward near the end of the book, you know, it talks about the rise of the Antichrist, a single individual who is coming, he's an you know, an anti Jesus. He's he's coming as a godlike figure, but he is anti God. He is anti Jesus and anti Christ. And that he, you know, is establishing or or is given over authority to this global government, um, global currency, you know, it talks about the mark of the beast. Everyone knows the six, six, six and everything. And that you cannot, you know, buy, sell, or trade without having the mark.
1: Yeah, that's later.
0: That's much yep. later. And, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, but the World Economic Forum is is having an effect and influence on, like, ev- pretty much every nation and dozens of leaders around the world. And right now, all these things we're experiencing with gas prices and food shortages and all of these things these are orchestrated. They're not just random chance, friends. Okay, This is where we need to be paying attention because they're telling us these things. Okay, The people at the World Economic Forum have been trying to, to put forth for a great reset because they want to save the world. The problem is they're trying to save it from a godless point of view. This is like the Tower of Babel. They're coming together and nothing will be able to stop them. So they think. So when we read this, about this conquest we're in the middle of conquest right now that's why all these terrible things are happening because these people have their hands in in the honeypot if you will Mm -hmm. all over the world
1: and something to keep in mind is you know when i when i first you know back a long time ago when i when i first understood about the oh there's these writers in revelation for some reason i had in my mind oh yeah the first one comes out and does its thing and then it's done and then the second one comes out and does its thing and then it's done but that's not what the passage says at all. Yeah, and yeah. It
0: doesn't say the horse goes away to the, the stable.
1: No. And so, you know, this first seal opens of conquest. And it's like, so the conquest begins. It never says that there's any point where the conquest is ending. So, you know, you, you have your, your, your rider that comes out, Conqueror bent on conquest. They're given authority. Well, their authority just continues to accumulate as the other seals are opening. So, you might go, well, I, I maybe I see that, okay, but it doesn't seem that bad. It's like, okay, yeah, that that's fine because it just it's it's just something that's beginning at this particular mm-hmm. time when the seal opens,
0: which you know, and we're not necessarily saying the seal has opened, yep, maybe it has, or maybe it will, yeah, maybe we're getting ready for it to open.
1: um we're not necessarily saying that the seal has already opened. It may, it may have opened. It may open in the yeah. future.
0: If the interpretation here is right that we're not raptured out of here until after the sixth seal, then we, we can't just assume, oh, it couldn't have started because we would be out of here already. Based on just comparing these two areas of Scripture, nothing supports that here. Now, there may be other areas in the Old Testament, Daniel, where maybe we could draw a case for that. I, I don't mind that interpretation. That sounds good to me, but uh, I don't know that it's the accurate one. Right.
1: All right. So second seal, verse three, when the the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given the power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. I don't know about you. But I have definitely experienced peace being taken from the earth at the moment.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And this is, you know, and you know, if we go back to Matthew, I mean, I think there is definitely a, an understanding of this is war. I don't know that it's just war.
1: Nope, because I think if it was just war, it would say war. Because mm-hmm. peace being taken from the earth can also be unrest just general unrest which, as well
0: which is in, this is important because what christ says is you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars see that you were not frightened for those things must take place but that is not yet the end for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes and he gets on into some of the later things we'll be talking about but of course we've seen we have seen war now you were talking about unrest. Well, War, I mean, obviously, Ukraine, Russia, we keep hearing rumors of wars all the time. Is China going to take Taiwan? Are we going to get attacked? Is there going to be a nuclear war? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on right now. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not necessarily new. There's been rumors of war in the past as well. But, you know, obviously, what we're looking at with this is we know that the fulfillment of the Great Commission is near. So what do we see that relates to some of these SEALs? And Ukraine's a very important one, but let's, let's talk on your unrest first. What were you going to say about that? Well, it's just
1: that, um, you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember a time previously where, um, people seem to hate each other as much as they do now. Mm -hmm. You can't even have a normal conversation with people, you know, most Mm -hmm. of the time. You can't like civilly disagree. No. Um, people have lost that ability where even in, you know, in the past, at least I'm told in the past, I don't, I don't. I wasn't there, I don't know. But in the past, um, it seemed like people could actually have civil disagreement and um, reason through those kinds of things. And now um, they'll just be violent instead um, or just scream and yell. Um, yeah, and
0: I mean, that goes to all kinds of different avenues. I mean, definitely politically, we see it here and and everywhere. And that's the thing. it's such, There's such a global aspect to so much of this.
1: And we're also seeing um, a lot more just... Um, you know, places you should, you know, you should be able to to go to um, the store or the mall or wherever a public place the church and, and not worry about having somebody shoot you or yeah. something like that That's Um, right. and, you know all around the world even in countries where they, you know, countries that have gun control, countries that don't have gun control stuff, they they're all experiencing the same kind of Unrest and problem, and you know that to me speaks to peace taken from the earth.
0: Absolutely, I mean you see the unrest; it's been going on for quite a number of years now. um So that's
1: cities burning down, you know. Mm-hmm. But you remember the the whole thing that they did took over sections of what Portland for how long mm-hmm. um, during the BLM stuff? So just mm-hmm. just all sorts of craziness. I
0: mean, I mean, people are being killed in the streets. Right here, all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those things I I said to Mandy before. You know, this idea of, like, you can't even have a conversation with someone. You can't sit and reason with them. Come, let us reason together, uh, as the scripture says. Um, You can't do that. People just, they don't want to be to have a a civil conversation. They don't want to hear your your points of evidence. They don't want to have a a reasoned conversation. It would be like trying to uh, speak to the... The mob outside Lot's house and think you're going to get somewhere with a reasoned conversation. You're not going to get anywhere. The only thing that's going to happen is they're going to try and kill you or worse. Right. (laughs) Well, and
1: then you also have all the censorship stuff that goes on as well, which I would say relates to peace being taken from the earth because you can't have disagreement. Um, That's a milder form. Mm -hmm. Um, That's in there too. Um, But... I think that for me, when I was reading this passage, um, that when I got to the third seal, I was like, oh my. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. That was
1: the one that made me go, okay, I I think this is going on now.
0: Yes, because the first two, um, in some fashion, you could say there's been elements of those that have happened throughout history. Mm -hmm. But there's some things about the third one with some things going on right now that are so specific it's hard not to draw some parallels. Now, we could be wrong, absolutely. Uh, our point here is just to make observations. Yep. And uh, I don't know that there's been anything quite like this in history where it's, it's aligned so perfectly with what we're reading in the seals. So... But, go ahead.
1: Verse 5 says, When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. So we have inflation.
0: Yes, and they, they label this as famine. They get that from what Jesus says. Um, if we go back to matthew twenty four which you know famine could certainly be a part of this, yes, because you're not able to buy enough food, so you're starving.
1: yes. Um, but you also have the extremely
0: there will be famines and earthquakes and all these things are made at the beginning of birth pain. so that's where they get the idea of famine.
1: Yes, but you also have um, extremely inflated prices and yes. the and the um, writers holding scales like you know to to weigh out. Like how you buy stuff, mm-hmm. so it makes me go, hmm.
0: Yeah. What What's interesting about this is we see that a, a quart of wheat costs a day's wages. Okay. Now how how much how much uh, wheat flour usually goes into a loaf of bread? Do you H- know
1: how much wheat flour? Yeah. Well, for our loaf of bread, we use um, three cups.
0: And how much? How many? How many quarts? You know, to a cup. Well,
1: <laughs> in my handy dandy study Bible here says one quart of wheat would be enough for only one person three mm. quarts three quarts of the less nutritious barley would be barely enough for a small family so you would have um, you would give a quart of wheat for a day's wages that's enough for one person day's wages for one a day's wages for one person's amount of food or three quarts of barley to feed a small family for a day's wages but the barley wasn't as nutritious so basically you're starving part of the reason why you're starving is that the price is so inflated and it doesn't say why the price is so inflated I know that um, there's other mention of famine in there famine is also mentioned in the fourth seal as well Um, but it's just very interesting not only is it um, is this inflation but it's specifically mentioning wheat and barley and Um, what did you find, what did we find out about Ukraine?
0: So, and this is important, and we may have many different opinions on what's going on in Ukraine, but we need to understand, many of these globalists have been in major support of defending Ukraine. This is not to say Russia is good. No, Russia is bad. And
1: what's going on in Ukraine is not good.
0: Yes. and That's not good at all. Yes, what's happening is not good. But we can't be sure what entirely is going on, because there's a lot of misinformation, Okay. And I'm not going to try and get into the politics of it, but there's unrest. there's some kind of warring going on. the people who we know we can't trust, the World economic Forum who are trying to save the world through a godless approach to to life, okay they have invested interest in in defending Ukraine. why? Well I, I, I can't say for sure, but what we can say, and this is important to, Our observations of the seals and the times we're in. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of Europe. What's fascinating about the seal and what caught our attention, you know, because it's very specific here. You know, you know, we see inflation, we see famine, uh, starvation, hunger, but it's specifically mentioning wheat and barley. So Ukraine and Russia. And I'll link the website for this information. Ukraine and Russia produce about a third of the wheat traded in global markets and about a quarter of the world's barley, according to the Washington-based International Food Policy Research Institute. Exports from the two countries, which also include sunflower oil and corn to feed livestock, account for about 12% of total calories traded in the world.
1: It's a lot of food.
0: The war could affect at least three wheat harvests. Is what their agric- uh, agricultural minister said.
1: Yeah, over in Ukraine. So. Um...
0: And Russia is not our friend, so you have them controlling a bunch of the world's wheat and barley, uh, grain supply essentially. And what is this saying? Hey, it's going to cost uh, days' wages just to to get you know enough grain to make a piece of a loaf of bread.
1: Right now, does that mean the seals opened yet? I'm not going to say that it does, but I can see the potential for um, this kind of thing to be going on. I can see, mm-hmm. I can see wheat, I can see barley, uh, I can see a problem there. Um, I can see inflation coming.
0: Yes, yeah, so with we, those things. I mean, in every every prediction, every forecast with our economy, with inflation, with the food shortages, is that it's going to get worse. It's why I was urging you to have extra water and food because we're not only looking at it just from kind of a political or kind of human standpoint we're looking through the lens of revelation and what it's saying
1: right we also have not just ukraine and russia but um just the the drought that's been going on in um, many countries around the world the crazy wildfires that have been impacting Mm -hmm. all sorts of of harvests the, the
0: drought could be so bad it could create another dust bowl, was what they said recently.
1: Right, because of um, yeah, that and just not having enough fertilizer. Um, there's there's all sorts of uh, things, if you watch the news, that are things that are impacting our ability to um, have enough food, So, which actually leads straight into um, the fourth seal. So if I look at um, chapter 6, verse 7, it says... When the when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the f- voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given the power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. So, of course, we we see how famine would be related um, with what we were just talking about. Um...
0: I don't think we've had any uh, you know, um uh, taste of pestilence recently.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, the wild beasts of the earth, um of a, a quick Google search will bring up if you if you just search wild beast attacks, oddly enough. Um, will bring up all sorts of um increase in that around the world of just different kinds of wild beast attacks.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the thing with the wild animals is we would expect that as there's fires and droughts and these different terrible things going on, it's going to drive them more toward where there's food and that's where people would be. And I'll list some some links in the show notes but there if you like like Mandy said just doing a quick search there's all kinds of crazy random increases in wild animal attacks. And I think a lot of it has to do with all the things that have already happened.
1: Right. And again, we're not saying that this seal has already opened, but we can see how things would be aligning so that it would perhaps happen soon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had been maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, And they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was to be completed. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, Christian persecution is definitely increasing. And if you're familiar with the Open Doors Ministry, it's about Christian persecution, Christian martyrdom. We even see just on a small scale how, you know, uh, there's a, a rise in Persecution against basic biblical truths right here in America. I mean, what is a man? What is a woman? And if you were to, if you were to speak up against that, you are immediately maligned or, or you know called bigoted or or you know uh, cast off of social media or whatever. And so, certainly, I don't think we have seen the kind of increase of, of, of persecution that's it's talking about here in this seal. But certainly we see an increase of hostility toward Christians because if you come with the truth and tell people that what they're doing is wrong and they're at a, in a place where they've been given over, as it says in Romans, to a depraved mind, God gave them over to a depraved mind, it's like trying to reason with the mob outside Lot's house. They're not going to listen. They're not going to have a reasoned, articulate conversation about the finer points of why Following the Ten Commandments is worthwhile, and have you considered asking Jesus into your heart? No. Mm-hmm. No, that's not going to happen.
1: Right. And then, you know, the rest of the chapter, we get to um, that earthquake again, and, and uh, you know, the people all hiding.
0: And it looks like a blood moon and a, and a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so then we come back to, well, you know, why does this matter other than, you know, Maybe, maybe the rapture happens later. What, am I supposed to be afraid? You know, and I, we would say, no. Of no, of course not.
0: God <laughs> uh, does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.
1: Right. But it would be wise to take note of these things and to to do some preparing, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, preparing your, your home and your family the best you can for perhaps not having as much food as you're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Or... Not having access to the conveniences that you're accustomed to mm-hmm. um but also you know preparing um yourself with skills that you might need you know if you if you one of my one of my friends asked me um you know how how are you preparing for like what's going on in the world and what do you think's happening next and I kind of laughed and i told her well i'm I'm using a thousands year old book to to tell me what's happening next, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she looked at me funny, and I'm like, "It's a revelation." Um, but if I know that um, inflation is coming, I can do some things to prepare for that. If if I know specifically that it says wheat and barley is going to be a problem, well, then maybe I need to collect some flour. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to be wise in making sure that, um, to the best of my ability, without going crazy that um, I'm prepared for times that are maybe a little bit more difficult.
0: Yeah, the comforts of Western culture and society have completely dulled our, our senses. We are such a, a comfort culture. We are so, frankly, we idolize convenience. And we we don't know how to deal with those things going away. Like that just what do you mean like I can't go to McDonald's and get my, my happy meal? What do you, what do you mean? I can't just, you know, watch what I want on TV and and not worry about the power being cut out or, you know, having enough water or having enough, like we just, we, we've, we've taken for granted these things, uh, these freedoms that we have here specifically in America and some other Western, um, Western culture countries. Mm -hmm. But, if we're going to be prepared, and and we can see through the scripture here, the great multitude doesn't show up until after the sixth seal, then there is good cause for us to maybe take these warnings a little more seriously. That when Jesus says, He who perseveres to the end will be saved, why would he say that?
1: Because we have to actually persevere through something.
0: And, you know, well, well maybe that's just for the people who are left behind, maybe.
1: That would be nice.
0: But... I'm not convinced based on what the scriptures are saying. Like, again, if we just compare Revelation to Matthew 24 and just look at it and we see a a very similar pattern in both books and we see uh, what's going on in the world very much aligning with what we see in the seals are certainly building up toward uh, an even worse uh, amount of, of these things, whether it be inflation, famine, wild beast attacks Uh, natural disturbances, and we're hearing a lot about climate change, and there's a climate emergency, and I've talked about this before. These are the increasing birth pangs. No man or men or group of men or women can save the planet through their godless pursuits. There is only one who can come and make all things new. That is Jesus Christ, and that is who we need to be looking for and keeping our hope in, because He's is the one who's going to allow us to persevere.
1: Speaking of that, I would say it's also wise to be preparing not only my physical, um, for my physical needs, but also um, for my spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. Keeping like, your lamp lit. Uh, you know, it can be easy to rely you know in with that kind of comfort culture in my in mind it can be easy to rely on other people to just give me my spiritual food and mm-hmm. other people to to do all the heavy spiritual lifting for me but um i need to be able for myself to um really dive into the scriptures to to really read it for myself to have a strong prayer oh, life yes. you know mm-hmm. like because that's that's going to be able to sustain me through harder times.
0: Yes, that's right. I, we we've come to rely on others to get us through hard times—the government, or you know, a stimulus check, or you know, there'll just always be enough food at the store. I can just order it online. Or what, what if you can't?
1: Or like um, in in the case of you know, if if you have children, you know, well the The Church will always be there to disciple my kids, or that you know but but what if it's not, or what well, if things are more difficult? Yeah, what
0: if this church is scattered and
1: and uh you need to be able to disciple your child like the people need to know how to do that people you know, we need to be able to to start helping our children more at home and not relying just on church to do those things for us. So there's a lot of preparing, just, just knowing that if, if, if I know that hard times are coming, I need to be able to prepare myself, my, my physically, but also spiritually to make it through those difficulties. So it would involve sitting down and taking inventory of, okay, what are my physical needs? How am I, how am I planning on meeting those in a reasonable way? You know, not going crazy. Um, cause there, you know, there's only a certain, certain number of things I can do.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, you know, I have to rely on God to, to meet the needs. You know, I've only got so much storage space and, and all, um, but still certain number of, of, of things I can do there, but also my spiritual needs and, and what are those and, and what areas am I weak in? And I need to, to figure that out as well, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: the time is short.
0: Well, that's a good point. You know, I think think there's an attitude in church. Maybe it comes from the pre-pre-trib, if you will, view. uh, Because I would say this is still a pre-trib view, that what we're discussing here today, if we want to just get into the, you know, the technicalities here. (laughs) He says the end is not yet. You know, these are the beginning of birth pangs. And then the end comes once people are are raptured up. And so you you could say maybe that the, the seventh seal is really the beginning of like the end, and 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 progressing that.
1: Well, that would make sense because it's like, you know, it's like a letter. Your letter's not opened and ready to be read until the envelope is open, Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, in the same way, the judgment is not ready to happen until the the envelope or the seals are opened. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, um, one one final thing I'll say, and this is you know later in the book of Revelation, and I talked about it earlier, but you know we see this globalist movement of all these different countries coming together, and there's something kind of a first blush that seems like oh that's so good, you know, and we're all in this together, like you know we think about the pandemic, and we're all we're all coming together, but you know we've got to remember that the story of Babel, when when godless men and women come together to solve their problems. God does not see that as a good thing. He had to confuse their languages and disperse them across the globe. Um, and there's there's multiple reasons to that. One of them was they were supposed to have done that already, and they were disobedient. But they they were thinking they were as great as God. They could reach to the heavens. And here we see all these globalists coming together, and you have uh, one of these guys, uh, uh, that the Israeli doctor who I can't remember, can't pronounce his name. He's a very scary dude, but he, he calls the resurrection of Christ fake news. This is one of the globalists friends. Okay. Uh, but you know, and then, and, and then Bill Gates, he's, he's part of the globalist, uh, elites as well. And he's, he's been pushing all this vaccine stuff for, for years. And he's had a heavy hand in all the stuff with the vaccines during the pandemic and whatever you think of them and their, efficacy and all of that put that aside here what did we see that nearly came to fruition during the pandemic a vaccine passport and it would have been a major roadblock to being able to buy or sell uh you know to go to a place and use your money whether it's the store or a restaurant or a movie theater whatever this is something they nearly implemented okay now i'm not saying the vaccines are the mark of the beast but i am saying we see that globally, this nearly happened, where everyone, you know, not everyone of course, but many people around the earth have taken this vaccine, and many countries have put out some kind of vaccine passport, uh, sort of system, uh, and certainly the the um, st- the infrastructure is in place for that, uh, you know, so to speak. So. Yeah. You know, just looking at that and comparing to what we know in Revelation, where wh- whoever doesn't have this mark can't buy or sell, it's, I mean, that's that's almost the same thing. So I don't think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, as we continue to look at Revelation and what's going on in the world, to say, yeah, things are looking really late in the hour. This is why it's so important to be prepared. Because the reason Jesus gave us these warnings was not so we could just be like, oh, that's interesting, It may require more of us than we are expecting it will. And one thing we know Jesus has promised is that we will suffer. And he calls us to pick up our cross daily and follow after him. We need to be preparing in our hearts and our minds for increasing persecution and difficulty in life. And not just expect that things are always going to go well. And that's a little sobering, but there's a reason he gives us these warnings. He says, don't lose heart and that is why he's he's put these things down here because they must take place for in order for the end to come so with that in mind be on the alert yep be on the alert dear Christian because the hour is late until next time God bless you have been listening to this late hour Your contribution helps pay our fees, improve our equipment, and build better content. It is my hope that your continued support of our show may bring future interviews and exclusives. Our goal is to always be improving our show so that the church may be strengthened in our mission to bring salt and light to this present darkness. May God richly bless you.